to the Feed You podcast, giving you the real scoop on raising your business to new heights. Expert education, inspiration, and motivation to fuel your purpose, your passion, and your profits. Here's your host, Elisa Connor. Hello, welcome to the Feed You podcast. I'm Elise Connor, I'm your host. This is the place where you come to feed your passion, your profits, and your purpose in your business. Uh, this week I have a special guest I'm so excited to introduce you to. Um, as a podcast host, I'm always searching for new resources to bring you to uh, enable you to grow your business faster. And today's guest is going to help you do exactly that. So um, I was introduced to Ashley because she reached out to me, uh, which is a true testament to uh, her ability to get in front of new audiences. So Ashley is, uh, for over 20 years, as a professional journalist, has written 2,500 articles and interviewed around, get this, 12,500 sources. The majority of them have been created entrepreneurs and small business owners, but her byline has appeared in great publications, including CNN, USA Today, Self, and many other top digital and print publications. Ashley is passionate about breaking down barriers between small business owners and the media because a lot of us struggle with that and getting our name out there so that more game-changing stories can be told. She's taking her insider knowledge of the media industry and teaching entrepreneurs to do media outreach for themselves. She guides them through pitching the media and earning press coverage so they can grow their audiences, earn more revenue, and get back to doing what they love. And best of all, something that's not in this is that she does it so you can get uh media coverage for free. So you're not paying for it, you're not running an ad for it, and she divulges some pretty amazing information in this podcast interview. So I hope you take away a lot of the freebie uh, information she has here, and then in the show notes, I will be linking to some other resources that she mentions. So without further ado, let's get rolling with this episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Feed You Podcast. I'm Elisa Connor. I'm your host, and I am so excited to have today's guest. You guys have been asking for this, and I have been waiting um, to find the right person to bring on, and she found me. Isn't that the way the world works? So before um, we jump too much into this, I want to introduce to you Ashley Biggers. Hi, Ashley. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to be here with you today. So Ashley, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? I did do a brief intro before uh, you hopped on, but tell everybody about yourself and you know why you are passionate about PR. So I am actually a professional freelance journalist, and I've actually been a journalist uh, for about 20 years now. Um, but when I was just out of college, I did a couple years of service with the AmeriCorps VISTA program, which is Volunteers in Service to America. It's a domestic Peace Corps program, and they help fight the systemic causes of poverty. And so my role in that was working with an entrepreneurship organization in my hometown of Albuquerque, New Mexico, helping women and people of color start and grow their small businesses. So that immersion in entrepreneurship really gave me a heart for small business, and a majority of my writing over the years has been 
been about small businesses, um, doing feature stories about those businesses. And a lot of what I've noticed is that there's a real disconnect between uh, the types of stories that get told in the press because small business owners don't often have the knowledge or the um, chutzpah maybe even to approach the press and um, seek out that media coverage. And also they don't always have the budget to hire a PR person to help them kind of bridge that gap. So what I have really started doing is reaching out and teaching entrepreneurs and small business owners um, and giving them the tools so that they have the know-how in order to pitch the press themselves so that more amazing stories get told because there's no shortage of those stories. It's just that disconnect between having getting the information in the right place and getting it into the press's hands. So that's what I've been working on for the past year or so. Awesome. Well, I know when we were talking about public relations and publicity, um, one of the things that small business owners and entrepreneurs struggle with is they don't think they have a story to tell. And so how would you advise somebody or give them, you know, the, the first steps to figuring out, you know, what's a story that people even want to hear before I would even want to go out and approach other people to, um, you know, other PR outlets or other news, um, what am I trying to say, news channels or, you know, different channels to get the message out there? Like, how do we even choose what to talk about? Absolutely. Well, that is something that I hear often that people don't think they have a story to tell. So first off, let me just say everybody has a story to tell. Um, so that doesn't need to be a worry. There's a couple different tacks you can take with this. You can talk a little bit about sort of your founding story and your origins, or you can tap into a current news cycle. So let me talk a little bit about that founder story. So people think, you know, oh, I'm not that interesting, but they really are. And so they need to think about, I love to say, think about the questions that you get asked about your business at a cocktail party. Like, oh, that's interesting. How did you get started? Or what inspired you to take that tact with your business? Or what did you fall in love with? Or was there a moment in time when you didn't think your business was going to make it and you came up with this amazing idea to pivot the business and take it in a new direction and succeed? All those questions that you get asked, those are the really juicy bits that form the basis of um, the story that the press will most likely want to tell and hear from you. So think about those questions and you can even spend some time just freeform writing to kind of get it all out. Um, and then another tact you can take is to tap into a current news cycle. So for example, you know, right now COVID-19 is the top of a lot of headlines. And so if you have a business that um, helps fight COVID-19 or has been impacted by COVID-19 or also just has an, a, an uplifting angle and inspiring good news story that's related to COVID-19. Those are all stories that the press wants to hear from you right now. So anything that's really timely and current, and that can mean a lot of different things to different people. You know, if you have a bakery that makes pomegranate cupcakes, and there was just a new study released about how pomegranate is a superfood, we'll tap into that shout from the rooftops that you make a pomegranate cupcake. And even when you're eating your cupcake and your sweet treat, you can still have a superfood. So that means, you know, what's newsy is different for every business, but those are just a few examples to get people thinking. Those are great examples. Great. And I think people get stuck in that. So that was some really good advice. So I know um, I always say, 
no entrepreneurship does not come with a how to do it book. <laughs> so, Don't we wish it did? It just yes, a step-by-step -step manual that works in every situation for every person. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I think one of the things that, um, especially newer businesses and, uh, you know, the entrepreneur world or people that are either shifting into a new direction, maybe they've been in business for a while, but they struggle with how to promote themselves, like how to promote their product. And um, somebody once at the beginning of my entrepreneur journey told me that if you're not good at sales, you're going to kind of suck at being an entrepreneur. And that's true, but you can also teach yourself sales. So I'm curious, like what advice would you give to the audience about how to get started with like, you know, who do they even know who, how to approach somebody or um, how, you know, we can talk a little bit about the story, but really what I'm curious about is, you know, how do they even get started with getting their name out there when they're a little bit intimidated with telling that story to begin with? Absolutely. Well, um, I always say that story is a good way to cheat around sales because you don't have to sell directly with telling your story. You're doing it inadvertently and you're coming at it from a place of service and sharing and spreading knowledge. And so does that eventually result in a sale? We certainly hope so. But you get to not um, have to do that direct sales and so a lot of times um, approaching it in this way is really a benefit to people because they can rely on something that's true to them and from their heart and um, hopefully results in sales. So getting started is the biggest question that I hear from people. It's like, well, where do I even begin? So if you're interested in getting featured in the press, one of the first and easiest things that you need to do is to read, watch, and listen to the places that you're interested in being covered. And so that will do a couple things. One, it will really familiarize you with that outlet and you'll begin to either see stories that are similar to yours and remind you of your own message or the information information that you want to share or you won't. And if you don't, that just means that's not the right media outlet for you and you need to go a different direction. But if you do see something that resonates, then that's a great point of entry to approach that place because you can say, hey, you just covered a story on craft beer. Did you know that I make craft spirits and I'm also a local business in your community? So that gives you an entry point. You'll also start to notice if certain stories are being covered by certain journalists. So a key way to really kind of break through the noise is to approach individual people, not the big behemoth media organization where your media uh, pitch might get lost. So if you can find an individual journalist who you know covers craft spirits or covers local bakeries, that can be a quicker way um, to kind of fight through that noise and have your message received. And so that is a great point to start. So it's a great reason to binge your favorite podcast. It's a great reason to um, make time to read your favorite magazine. And so that is always my first point to tell people to start with. Well, and you just bring up a really interesting point. I think automatically um, as society we think press when we think of press we think of tv and newspaper and magazines but you just brought up a really interesting point that really press can expand beyond that do you want to dive a little deeper into the other areas that people should be looking at when they're wanting to get in front of uh, audiences 
Oh, sure. Well, there's, of course, of course, traditional media outlets such as TV and radio um, and magazines or newspapers, but there's also smaller facets within those areas. So, for example, your local daily newspaper might have a special section that they release once a year on uh, women-focused issues, and so that might be the right placement for you instead of that daily newspaper. And then beyond traditional media outlets, there's also blogs, which are a form of press. There's citizen journalism um, and podcasts, which are a booming industry. And so you, there are really more outlets than you could probably ever approach in your lifetime that might be a fit for your story. It's all about refining who your audience is, who are the types of people that you want to reach, and finding a media outlet that will enable you to reach those people with your audience. And it might be that your local mom blog is the perfect place for you and that that gets you more um, coverage and more press and more results in terms of your bottom line than being on the Today Show does. It all depends on the particular business and the audience that you want to reach. I am so glad you brought that up. We talk a lot about figuring out who your audience is on this show. Um, And there you go, folks. There's proof right there. You need to know who you're talking to. Um, Absolutely. So, With that in mind, like those are all very different mediums. How do you recommend determining how to pitch? Like, how do you know, do you send them a video? Do you send them a a written request? Do you, do you do a combination? People are so um, video drawn, but I don't think we really think about doing that to approach other people um, when we're wanting to get in front of their audience. So what do you recommend? What works the best and what, what do you, um, recommend when you're getting started? So there is something used in the media world and the PR world called a press release. Um, and a lot of people hear about press releases and they don't really know what they are. And they seem like this mysterious document that floats out in the universe and they don't know how to write it. And so they don't approach the press because they don't know what this press release thing is. So first of all, let me just quickly explain that a press release is just um, essentially a written document that's about five to seven paragraphs long that is a release of information to the media. And it's a very stylized and formatted document that contains all the information you want to share. So what press releases are really good at is sharing the who, what, when, where, and why of what you're doing. However, Press are deluged with these press releases. I receive about 50 to 100 press releases and pitches every day, and I'm just a freelance journalist. All other publications might receive hundreds or even thousands per day. So a lot of times journalists don't read the press release unless there's a reason to. And so if it's accompanied by a short pitch, that is more likely to get across to people. So If you are not a good wordsmith and don't feel confident in that, you could easily do a video instead of a written press release but even or a drawing if you're an artist but either way what you want to do is accompany those pieces of information that are more in depth with a quick pitch of just a few sentences this can be three to 300 words long it does not have to be in depth that's just meant to entice the journalist into learning more a lot of people say but I can't tell my whole story in 300 words well that's not the point of that little pitch it's just to get them to interested to find out more information and so that pitch 
offers a point of connection, like here's why this is relevant to you. Here's why, what my story idea is or the information that I'm trying to get across. And is this of interest? It could right. be three sentences long. But so that's a really um, kind of foolproof way is to email those pitches. Um, I don't recommend calling members of the press because we are very, very busy. and We will often even pick up the phone if we don't know who you are and have an existing relationship with you. Also the same for social media. Unless you're specifically responding to a journalist who has said, I'm looking for story ideas about X, and you're responding with story idea about X, I don't recommend contacting them through social media for a variety of reasons. One is they may not have their pitch lens on, and so they might just blaze right past your information. And also, um, journalists may not follow up on your story idea immediately when you send it. And email is a great way to search and keep all of those records and story ideas, whereas social media, things get lost far more easily. So if you really want to get some traction, I recommend sending an email. That's great. And do you have a template or anything that you um, recommend that people follow or how do you just Google it? Like what's the best way to get like a, a press release guide for lack of a better term? Yeah, you can um, simply Google how to write a press release. You can also head to my site at howtopitchmedia.com backslash pitch cheat sheet. And that gives you all the essential elements that you need to include in that little pitch email. That's awesome. And I'm going to, I'm going to link that in the show notes. So you guys don't have to pull over and write that down since you might be driving. Um, or try to write it while you're driving, that's even worse. So um, I'll make sure I add that in there. But um, something that kind of came up when you were talking to me was, it's almost like you are creating a marketing piece to get in front of these, these different companies. It's like you're trying to sell yourself in there. So with that 300 words, that's not a lot of words. And I don't think people realize that if they're not in the writing world. Um, so are there any tips for like, other than researching um, the places you want to show up in their radar and that, that sort of stuff, do you have any like insider tips that you would share with people? Like when, what stands out to you as a journalist in, in um, most situations or your fate, maybe just tell us a story of the favorite way you were pitched and why you chose to move with them. Well, I have, so my top tip would be show relevancy, show relevancy to that journalist, to that publication. So any pitch that kind of stands out to me from the pile are ones that sh illustrate that they've seen my previous work and, sh and show how their story idea drafts off of that work and is consistent with what I'm looking for. Or for example, a media outlet um, like my local city magazine does a column every month where they feature a local author. And so they have to fill that slot every month. So they're always looking for local authors. Well, I also happen to be a local author. So I know that they have to fill that slot. So when I approach them, I'm saying, I want to be in this place because I'm actually fulfilling a need that they have for content and I'm showing how I'm a fit for what they're looking for. And so that's always what should be the first sentence. The first thing that stands out in your email is relevancy. Show how you have uh, relate to what that journalist or media outlet is doing. So two questions. Um, thank you for that. That's a really great tip. Um, 
first question is like, what if you just have no idea where to start? Like you're pretty familiar with your audience, but I think a lot of people, they just get overwhelmed when it comes to reaching out to the press and they know the big, um, you know, the big companies, but they have a hard time niching down to find, you know, other publications or other places that they could pitch. Do you have any recommendations of where they could just start searching? Well, first off, my recommendation is to just ask your audience. I mean, if you know who your audience is, just ask them, what are you reading every month? What are you watching? What are you listening to? What are the Instagram accounts that you follow? What are the blogs that you turn to? Just ask your audience because they will tell you the things that they're consuming. And if you start seeing trends among the things that they're consuming, you know that that's a place to go to reach more people like your existing audience. Now, if you are kind of pivoting and you're kind of changing who your audience is, that gets a little bit more difficult. Um, however, and it requires a little bit more research. So many media outlets will create what they call a media kit, which I understand is like some confusing jargon, but let's talk about what this is. So this is actually um, a packet of information that goes out to potential advertisers to try to get them to advertise in their publication or uh, their broadcast show. So you aren't looking at it as a potential advertiser, but what this media kit has embedded in it is audience information. So they will tell you, oh, 60% of our audience is women. We have the most uh, readership between the ages of 35 and 55. Our readers are college educated and they make this much money a year. That's a goldmine of information. And these media kits are posted on most press outlets' websites. You just have to do a little bit of digging to find that. And so once you find that piece of information, then you can instantly find out if that media outlet is a match for you. I also, wish we could repeat that right there. That was gold. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you guys, you need to hit rewind and listen to that again, because that was really gold. Thank you so much for sharing that, because I don't think people, they had, I didn't know. I mean, I don't look at media kits and I was like, that's a brilliant idea. So anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Keep going. No, absolutely. And you may not think to look there because you're thinking, well, I don't want to advertise. I don't want to have to pay to place an ad. I'm looking at it for, to pitch an editorial story. So a free story that's earned through my merit as having a good information to share. Um, so you might not think to look at something directed at advertisers, but that, there's great information there. Yeah. And so if, if you know who you want to reach in your target audience, you can just search for, you know, women's magazines or women's blogs and just start a list and just start generating that sort of media list of places that you're going to pitch and start researching and see if they're a fit for you. Now, although earning media coverage is free in terms of you're not paying for an ad, it does require your time and and sort of your investment of uh, resources in that way, but it can certainly pay dividends. And once you have that information, you can continue to pitch those media outlets going forward. It shouldn't be just a one and done situation. That information should continue to serve you. Right, right. And so, um, you know, when you're doing that and you're reaching out to these different companies, like what are usually the opportunities? So like, obviously for a podcast, you would be interviewed, but when you reach out to blogs, do they typically want to do an interview with you? Would you write a blog post? Like, I'm just trying to give people an idea of the scope so that they know what to expect when they reach out to different um, organizations and what's a great way for them to research that if they just don't know. 
So there's a lot of different ways that they might be covered. It kind of depends on the business. Um, for example, you could pitch um, a feature story about your business. So this would be kind of where you're sharing your founding story and more yeah. about you as an individual. You could also pitch yourself as an expert. Um, so for example, last week I was writing a story about everybody's favorite topic, um, face masks. <laughs> and um, the, So I was looking for epidemiologists and public health experts who could serve as experts and tell me the best information for my article about face masks. And so if you have an expertise in a certain area, you can absolutely just reach out to the press and say, hey, if you're ever writing an article about this topic, I have the know-how. Um, you can also approach them and offer to share, you know, your own five tips and whether that appears as a guest blog post or you become an interview subject for that article, it could go either way. Um, and then also if you have a product-based business, you might share your product um, just in terms of doing product roundups. You know, some publications do like the best gifts for Mother's Day or the best summer essentials for the beach or any sort of story of that nature. You could pitch your product um, for any of those roundups of items that people might be looking for. And it's so funny. Those are such great ideas because we see those things, but I don't think we often as business owners make the connection that, hey, that could be me. <laughs> And it's just, you know what I mean? We don't, we don't connect those two things. And so that was really a great way for you to kind of bring that around. Okay. So my next question that I had um, that I kind of glazed over there for a minute is why would I want to do um, public relations versus social media? Like social media seems to be the thing for everybody to do. And it's, you know, it's free. I can jump on there. I'm already on it. Like, why would I want to invest all the time and energy to do public relations instead? This is such a key question because so many business owners think, well, I can, you know, reach all of my audience directly. So why would I need the support of public relations? So let me talk a little bit about the benefits of earned media, which is press coverage given because of merit um, that is free, not an advertisement. So essentially, it all comes down to credibility. So media outlets are still, for the most part, seen as credible sources of information. And so if a media outlet says, you have the best donut shop in town, that is going to have a lot more impact in terms of credibility of the message than if you are shouting from the rooftops on your social media that you have the best donut shop in town, because everyone's going to think, oh, you're biased because you own the donut shop. So of course you think it's the best in town. But if a impartial source says that you have the best donut shop in town, that comes with more credibility. Also, secondly, in uh, media, there's a dynamic called social proof. So social proof is a psychological phenomenon that drives people to follow the actions of others. So what does that mean for business? That means that the more word spreads about your wonderful donut shop, the more people will want to follow what other people are doing and try out that donut shop. And so this in, tends to kind of get a snowball effect going. So if you get one media mention and somebody comes into the shop um, following that social proof phenomenon, then more people will want to do what that person wants to do. Also, through the media, you have the opportunity 
to reach a far larger audience usually than through your own social media efforts and also different aspects of your audience. So if you're looking to kind of change directions with your audience and go for a new ideal audience, the media can help you make that shift. Um, but generally media coverage reaches a far bigger audience. And usually if you're doing your PR right, they're the people you want to reach. So ultimately that should help drive your bottom line. Now, a lot of times it's really difficult to track the immediate effects of PR efforts. So this is definitely a long game, not a short game. For example, I've seen people walk into businesses five years after I've written an article in a magazine with the magazine in their hand and make a purchase based on that. So tracking ROI for five years can be a little frustrating, but it's definitely a long game and it definitely serves dividends over time. That is awesome. So with that in mind, like what are some best practices for not just pitching, but for following up and things like that so that you can stay on the radar of the people that you're trying to get in front of? Because as you said, this is a long game and they may not, who knew that you would be looking for experts on face masks six months ago? Like no exactly. one was looking for face mask experts at that point. So, right. you know, you can like pitch them, but if, if it's not fitting into um, the realm of what they're talking about right now, or they're not ready for that, or they just hosted somebody that was had a very similar story to you. How do you stay on their radar so that when they're ready again, um, you are top of mind? That's such a great question because one of the biggest mistakes that I see small business owners making when it comes to PR is not following up and not keeping going. They'll say, I pitched one place one time and they didn't give me a story. And so I'm out. <laughs> that's, that's all I'm doing. Unfortunately, not every pitch you ever send will land a story. So, and part of that might have nothing to do with you. It might be completely about timing. You mentioned publishing a story that was just about a certain topic. So for example, you know, most media outlets won't cover the exact same thing multiple times. They'll at least want to give it a little space. So if you are a world-class tuba player and they just published an article about your fellow world-class tuba player, they're not going to publish a story about another tuba player for a little while. So you're going to have to come back and you may not even know that that story is in the works. And so you might just get a rejection or radio silence and think that it's you and it has absolutely nothing to do with you at all. So unless you're explicitly told this is not a fit for us, you can absolutely pitch a publication or a media outlet again. And absolutely, you are welcome to follow up on your initial pitch as well. Um, a lot of journalists get deluged <laughs> with emails and things can get lost. And so, you know, if you send a pitch and within a few days or a couple weeks, if you don't hear back, you can absolutely follow up and say, I know things get buried sometimes, just wanted to check in if this is of any interest. Totally fair. Again, if you, unless you hear an explicit, no, this is not a fit, you're always welcome to follow up in three months or six months with a slightly different angle. You know, you could say, oh, before I was approaching you about my product for your Mother's Day gift guide, did you know I also have this back to school item that might be a fit for a different product? Um, roundup piece that you're going to be doing. So you can absolutely go back. I would shift your idea slightly because if it didn't land the first time, that might be an indication that that's not what they're looking for. But you can always come up with a slightly different story angle and circle back with media publications.
Right. And I love that because it makes you as a business owner, think outside the box. So um, you have to be the person that is the best promoter of your business. And that means that you have to be smarter or have a different perspective than the other people that are your competitors. So I really like that you put that out there is that, yeah, maybe the mother's day issue didn't work, but you've got back to school, you've got Thanksgiving, you got Christmas. So like what, what other things can you put in front of them and why is it going to be interesting and different to them? Um, and why would they choose you? And I also wanted to point out that this, you know, all these PR efforts don't happen within a silo as you're brainstorming for what you need to pitch the press in a few months that can absolutely dictate what content you create for your website to go behind that it can absolutely inform what you choose to do for your newsletters and your social media so all of this can tie in together and it's not necessarily creating a whole new batch of work for you to do because I as a solopreneur certainly understand that I'm already the accounting department the marketing department the creator and the janitor as well so you know the last thing we need is something more to do on our plates but if you look at this as an integrated marketing effort with PR being just one arm just like you would think of social media and all the other things you're doing it can be really part of a a holistic messaging effort. That's a great point. And I'm a huge fan of repurposing. Like anytime you can repurpose, please do it. Um, so my, my last question for you, and then I, I want to have you um, share with the audience how they can get in touch with you and stay connected. But my last question is, is do you have a tool or something that you recommend to track all of these initiatives that like helps you know, okay, I pitched them this and I pitched them this idea on this date. And now it's time to follow up so that you can get tickers and reminders. Do you have like a favorite tool that you use or that you recommend? I mean, I'm a little bit old school. I just usually use an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of all of those items. I'm sure that you could certainly build out Asana workflows or, you know, a Trello board to keep track of those items as well. Um, But even if it's just a good old fashioned spreadsheet, I think it's a great way to track. And I do recommend that people do track because, you know, with all the things that we have on our plates, you might forget that three months ago you pitched this media outlet and they said to follow up later in the year because they'd just done a story similar. And so you might not remember that you needed to do that. And so having a note of that somewhere and reminding yourself to, to follow up and to check in and to keep going on those efforts, I think can really help keep you on track. That's awesome. And I, I kind of lied. I have one more question. <laughs> You're more than welcome to ask as many as you wish. Um, so my other question is, is like how much time should a typical business owner commit to pitching themselves on, a, you know, like, is it a day a week? Is it an hour a week? Is it a couple times a month? Like just so people have a feel for what is going to be the yield them the best results based on how much time they commit because it takes time to do these things so I want to set realistic expectations it absolutely does Um, I would say first off commit to whatever regular pace of working on this effort that you can and for whatever works for your schedule Um, because I don't want to be overly prescriptive and have people say well that doesn't work for me and so I can't do it so first off find what works for you In an ideal situation, if you could, I would say you should be spending anywhere between 5 to 30 minutes on this every day. 
And that includes reading, watching, and listening to those outlets that you might be interested in pitching and making a note of saying, oh, this podcast might be a fit. And then perhaps the next day you go and you find the email address or the application form to apply to be in that podcast. And then the next day you fill out the form and complete the application process. So you just chip away at it regularly. Now, if you're having a big push like a product launch or a new business opening or something like that, all of that time might be concentrated in a very short period where you just spend a solid week just doing PR and trying to generate buzz for this specific event. But if this is just part of your ongoing sort of regular business work, I would recommend just sort of checking in and touching base for a few minutes every day to kind of keep the ball rolling. And I really like that you said that because I think sometimes I I know I do this and I'm sure other um, business owners do this, that they think they have to do everything right now. And I think the, the slow and steady wins the race mentality, especially in this arena is really how to go. And we, um, you know, I listen to podcasts every single day and I know a lot of my audience does as well. And so that counts, like you're already doing the effort, just be more focused on, um, what you're listening to and making sure that it aligns with where you want to promote and, and get your uh, information out into the, in front of people. Now, um, one other thing that like kind of came up when you were talking is like, sometimes we can become really intimidated um, and we don't want to reach out to the big names, like say, you know, in, in the marketing world, it would be like the Lewis Howes and the um, the Amy Porterfields and the Grant Cardones of the world. And so what advice would you give to people that are, you know, if they're intimidated and they're like, oh, I can never get in front of them. What advice would you give them um, that would give them a little bit of hope or inspiration that they actually could get in front of those people? I think um, absolutely everybody could get in front of those people. Just as I was talking about social proof with using the media to draw people into your business, media actually works on the concept of social proof also. So sometimes when you when you pitch media outlets, especially bigger ones like the Today Show or the New York Times or something, they'll want to see who else has covered you and how. And so a way to go for a begun in the media outlet world is to start small, is to get featured on a local blog, is to get featured on a morning lifestyle show in your hometown and just sort of gradually grow to bigger and bigger media outlets so that you create that social proof that you are worthy of being covered, covered in the press. And I mean worthy only in the eyes of the press. Everyone is worthy of telling their story. There's no question there. But in the eyes of the press, they want to see that you've sort of been vetted and validated by smaller outlets before they will give you those bigger platforms. So absolutely, you can get covered by the Today Show, but you might just have to chip away at it over time. Such great advice. This has been so great, Ashley. I so appreciate you coming on and sharing all of your wisdom and your inside PR tips and taking it from the, the very beginning of like, I have no idea what to even say to all the way up to you could be on the Today Show. So uh, I know my audience is going to be wanting to get in touch with you and to reach out and learn more about you. So will you please just share the best places to connect with you uh, online, your website, social media, all those different places. 
Absolutely. So you can head over to howtopitchmedia.com and every week I share a new blog post with tips like just like those I've shared um, today that are absolutely free and everyone can access. Um, and you can follow along on Facebook and Instagram at How to Pitch Media. And then all of my personal journalism um, is over at ashleyandbiggers.com and Ashley and Biggers on Instagram and Facebook. Awesome. Well, and I will link all of those in the show notes so you know how to get in touch with Ashley if you were driving or you didn't have a chance to write all those down. And um, we'll wrap it up with that. And I just want to say thanks again for being on the show. It's been my pleasure to have you here. And I know that my audience is going to get immense value out of this. So thank you. Thank you you so much. If you're struggling with what to say, who to say it to, and where to say it, you may need my new Ideal Client Worksheet. The Ideal Client Worksheet helps you discover the important questions that you need to ask when it comes to finding your clients. It will help you understand them, understand their problems, so that you connect with them, attract them, turn them into leads, and convert them into customers. So go grab your copy today at alisaconnor.com forward slash ideal client.